welcome back to Break It Down, baby. Hey, that's not how we're going to do it every week, but it's what's happening this week. It's Alex McCarthy, Kenny McIntosh in the house, and we have reason to be bouncy with a great weekend of action in Puerto Rico. I can't say how much I enjoyed the Backlash pay-per-view, but I can tell you, and I will, in short order, with the man himself in his new illustrious home, I'm going to call it, Kenny McIntosh. How are you, brother? I'm good. I'm good. We we did two episodes in a row, so naturally we had to mess with that. So we Slow didn't down. do one last week. Slow down, brother. Um, because yeah, but, yeah, I was moving, and um, you know the thing is, Alex has got heads and a dog, and then I have a dog and other commitments. So that all we 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 usually juggle that fine, but with a move as well, it was just one thing too many. So yeah, we we didn't do one last week. But, yeah, I'm 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 happy to be here. Backlash was great. Wrestling's good. Vince McMahon is clearly in some sort of control, which is why some of the things that make no sense are around, but that's fine because you know <laughs> you come to expect. Um but yeah, I'm good. I'm I'm happy to be reunited with you. Indeed, brother. Indeed. Um we've got some interviews coming this week which people will be able to catch on the Inside the Ropes YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um I will say more as and when they happen, because you know how this business works. Sometimes things fall through and I don't want to be a liar. And they'll um, be on, they'll be on they'll be on here next week. They will be. They will be. There'll be two on here next week if all goes according to plan and one video on YouTube. So plenty for you guys to sink your teeth into. Uh, today, of course, we're going to talk a little bit about Backlash and the road to Night of Champions now, which we know Seth Rollins will be competing for the world title, uh, the newly made world title, I should say. But against whom? Uh, we are yet to discover. That will be on Friday um, there was some couple of banger matches uh, lined up for that one in one triple threat in particular. And um, Roman Reigns is back finally. <laughs> finally, finally, like finally. six weeks. Uh, who's he going to face, Kenny? Uh, I mean, it's it can only really be like Edge or Lashley, right? Like, they're the two on SmackDown who seem to be the most likely people he would wrestle at Night of Champions. Yeah, I could if it's see... just like the wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, I could see get Lash. Bad Bunny in. Get, get him in there. Omos, he gets all the big names. God, <laughs> well, do you know what? Omos he's is... done well. He's yeah, done better than we expected, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I did say I, for me with Omos, I, you know, the Brock match was super fun. The Seth match was great. I think his long term potential though is in a tag team. I think oh. that's where. I don't know who the teammate is or the tag partner is, but I think that that's the way... Because you can't really keep doing these big singles matches where he loses, but also he's not really at a level where you want to be having him beating top-tier names. So I think yeah. I th- you think it's a time-tested problem in, in wrestling, really, where, you know, Andre the Giant perhaps being the outlier, but, you know, even if he was around today, I wonder what people would have said about his booking <laughs> back then. Yeah. Um, you know, it... it it is difficult because they are like these massive attractions and, you know, incredible to look at. And, you know, even for the big show in his prime, we're like, wow, some of the things he could do. But you, you know, and Undertaker was saying this in, in our interview, which you can find on the Inside the Ropes YouTube channel, Shameless Plug. Um, it's really difficult to book big men like that, isn't it? Because, like, you have to find really creative ways to beat them. And WWE aren't always the most creative with the ways they beat them. So like, I'm just trying to make things realistic, which again, is not wrestling's best forte. Sometimes um, 
yeah, Big Show would have been champion for about seven years straight, probably. Who's going to pin that man for three seconds? But Brock Lesnar, yeah. probably. But it's, it's, a, it's a conundrum. But then, you know, you've got Paul Heyman around. Paul Heyman is someone who managed to make the Sandman a big star, who was an atrocious <laughs> professional wrestler. <laughs> atrocious. I mean, he was, like, as a as an actual in-ring wrestler, yeah, yeah, I got, yeah, he was I got, yeah. diabolical. Yeah, yeah. But that didn't matter because it was the, the package. So, and yeah, so I think there's ways to do it, but it's hard when 95% of your people are, you know, it's like if, if you're going to be somebody who's not a very good wrestler, you have to be like such a killer character yeah, um, to do it. So I think, you know, with Andre the Giant, I think the thing that made him work so well, it was 35 years ago, but or 40 years ago, but like he was, there was nobody else like him. Mm. Whereas now it's like with Omas, it's like we've seen quite a lot of Omas's in the past like we've seen you know tall giant men we've seen giants who were able to do way more like big show or even braun Strowman. if you want to put him in the giant big show doesn't really get the respect i think sometimes like i yeah i'm not saying for the whole of his career he was you know on his game <laughs> but like you know he'd certainly early you know in his wcw tenure and some of his w, uh, wwe run and then obviously kind of once again at the end for a man of his size he really belies what you would expect. Um, I don't know. I kind of think because WWE had him in these attraction matches for so many years where you'd inevitably get done over. Yes, I'm talking about the sumo wrestler for one. Um, you know, and many others. It, it, I don't know. I don't know. I think WWE were figuring out what to do with, with Big Show. Someone like that on a weekly TV show is difficult, right? Like, so... Well, I think there's, there's, there's a famous story that Dave Meltzer talks about where he, like... Because in the 90s, Dave Meltzer used to talk to Vince on the phone like, quite mm. a lot. He used to, like, converse all the time. And Meltzer talks about how he... And, you know, I don't have any reason to believe why Meltzer would just lie about this conversation. I mean, but, like, he basically said that Vince used to phone Meltzer sometimes and they would be chatting and Vince would go, look at that guy in WCW, the giant. If we had him, we would make him such a special attraction. We would, and then when you get him yeah. on TV every week, like he is someone. The Big Show should have been someone who wrestled like four times a year, and like he made appearances. He should not have been pinned by Steve Austin in week three. But um, I digress. Um, but yeah, so I think it's it's a difficult thing. It's also quite easy when you've not got something to like say what you would do. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. if you like. You know, if you're a big Man, Man United fan, and you're like, "Well, if I was the manager, I would do this." Is that like, would you though? <laughs> if you were, if you were in in the, in the dugout having to fucking come up with the plan, um, would you? So I think it's sometimes easier when you've not got something, whether you're experienced or not, to kind of say, oh, "I would do this." So, but I think with Omas, I think you know we saw how well he did with AJ Styles before. Yeah, so I think that a team would be good for him. I just don't know who the teammate would be. A Doug Longhair Big Show. Just want to leave that out there for anybody who had any <laughs> had any doubts. Um, yeah, before we move forward, then and talk about the action of the weekend, let's touch on uh, which has been all over Twitter, basically. Uh, and since we are Brits who have had fleeting uh, you know, appearances or whatever alongside him, Louis Dangor seems to have got himself uh, in the world of trouble, Kenny. Um, and GMS look like they're sticking by him. He has been putting articles out this week um for anyone who wants to find in depth what louis is in trouble for you you won't struggle on twitter with a search but essentially he was inappropriately messaging multiple women six i think is is the number open to be corrected um using pizza as his gateway for 
creepy messages is uh it's a new one um and then there was obviously an accusation that he started a podcast for women you basically to chat to women because the podcast was never released um which again we know that he did undertake these sessions and the podcast was never released so seems that that uh that fits as well i mean i distanced myself from louis a long time ago professionally um you know take take out or park not take out park this for a second just him at the job is not good uh it never was um and then he became even more of like a parody online right where he just lent into all this engagement and you know hate when he thought no presses or sorry bad no, any press is good press basically mm-hmm. um and i disagreed with that i tried to help him so many times so many times um that in the end it just became pointless so years ago i stopped interacting with him on twitter for the most part or or getting involved in any kind of work because he wasn't in it for the right reasons to then see this uh was i I mean i'm stunned for many reasons to be honest but i'm certainly stunned that gms seemed to be sticking by him i will say that uh, from a personal point of view someone who i created the job that he has right that job role didn't exist until i had it and give me sport so to see you know the company getting dragged rightfully dragged by the way for for keeping louis around on their coverage and not just not addressing it i don't know why you wouldn't you know if if they think it's unsubstantiated um easy for me to say if they think the claims are unsubstantiated and uh if you know they're going to stick by him then you need to kind of address that right like you don't just louis goes radio silent and you keep plugging along i don't think that's right um so it makes me sad to see kind of something that I helped build descend into what it is now. Uh, and I was feeling that way about the work that it was doing anyway, long before this happened. So that sucks. Um, but, you know, it doesn't suck half as much as, as it does for those women that had Louis sliding in their DMs, for sure. Uh, so broad, but what do you think, Kenny? And it's tough because when, when stuff like this happens, I think you always need to be super sensitive to anyone who comes forward and says that something's happened to them inappropriately, especially if it is a woman in the wrestling space, because as we know from speaking out, there is a lot of quality that happened and stuff. So I want to choose my words very carefully and not be funny about this because horngry breeds comedy potential obviously as a word, you know, but like, I think at the root of it, what it comes down to is for me with Louis, I, I don't think I've ever met Louis in person. I don't think I have. Um, We've conversed a bit in the past, but I always just kind of wasn't, I was never super close to him. I always found the kind of, the engagement pretty, you know, problematic. And there's a point we called it Dave Meltzer about being a bit, a bit Jewish issues. Mm. Dave Meltzer is, was, was kind of coming back. And it, I, I mean, one of the things that he would do a lot was he would put these kind of, social bomb tweets out and then he would just delete them and that to me was like we've i mean we've all deleted the odd tweet here or there because we've been like Do you know what that maybe didn't come out the way i wanted it to or whatever but yeah. for the most part if you're just deleting tweets all the time like so you're riling people and then you're trying to make it you never said it so he was a bit frustrating in that demand d- dynamic but to hear you know six or i, I i'm 
in my mind, I think there was a seventh that was that there was a float of a seventh person, but I don't know. Multiple people have come forward and said he's been inappropriate. I know that Kate from uh, Fightful, I think Kate works at Fightful. Um, yeah, she, she does. She's done a wonderful she, job of 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 you know, and, Yeah, and, I, and she she put a TikTok out where she kind of explained things in a really eloquent, classy way um, about the situation. And I mean, I unfollowed Louis on Twitter after it because to no, me, there is no smoke without fire. Um, you know, six to seven people are not all getting together. You know, women are not going to get together to conspire against someone if there's no smoke. It's mm. just not going to happen. So that's the first thing. The second thing with Gimme Sport is that to me, it is a, it, this is probably something that people don't want to hear. It is difficult because what would you be firing him for in, in, in theory, right? Because is it him being a bit creepy? I don't know how you, I don't know how, if you can legally fire someone for that. But what you should do is address it. Or, yeah, that, that, or, that's my thing. Like, you can't just sweep it under the rug. Yeah, so that's the thing to me. It's like, you know, there needed to be a sort of addressing of it. There has not been, I don't think, I mean, I've not, I unfollowed him when it happened. I don't know if he's tweeted since. I assume he hasn't because nobody has said to me that he has. <laughs> you would have seen it. I'm sure you would have seen, seen it, it if you'd logged on Twitter. If you, had, you would have yeah. seen it coming. But I think what it comes down to is, is that I, so I'm on, I, I work in wrestling because I love it. And I try and work really hard to, to put good content out there. I very rarely make things about me. I try not to. And I feel like with Louis, a lot of times, the, the content was a secondary source to him looking for fame. And I've said this to you before privately, that like I don't think I'd have been able to do the job that Louis was doing at his age. when yeah. I, I don't think I would have been able to. But that's not an excuse that if you are in that job, because you need to then take ownership of like If you're, you're an adult, you know, even you, you, even though you're in your early twenties, but like, yeah, I think just the whole thing is 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 really poor form, uh, and I think that I mean I'm gay, obviously, so I don't I've I've never chatted up a woman, but I think if I was straight, I would have the foresight and I would have the awareness that like women deal with creeps a lot. And you mm. should do your best to not be a creep. And then just finally, for a bit of comedy relief, right? What, what part do you think you're going to get your hole by talking about pepperoni pizza being sexy? I knew you'd come I back just, around to this. <laughs> I just cannot get my head around the... It's just, it's it's poor game, if, if nothing else. But obviously, you know, in seriousness, there is a lot of bad stuff. But I mean, that is just... What was the, what was the attempt? And then the whole, like, doing a, a, a fake podcast to try and... Because I mean, from the from the screenshots I saw that he was involved with, there yeah. seemed to be a sort of a like, "I am innocent, I'm an innocent guy" type approach, and and you do sort of see that sometimes in predatory behaviour, where there's a sort of element of trying to you know make out that you're really innocent to try and uh, you know do stuff. I will say I will say one thing: they're completely different situations, and I don't want to drag this person through the mud in any way for this but you know when when the whole Adam Blompe situation happened back in 2017 2018 whatever it was yeah and you know he he uh, he put out a thing and he said you know I hold my hands up to this um I really acted inappropriately um and you know he, he basically lost his, his his a lot of his career for a while he didn't do wrestling anymore he went to therapy 
and he did rebuild himself. Now, I know some people might not be happy about that because of stuff that happened, but I think, you know, second chances do need to happen if rehabilitation has happened with people. But that's the difference is that in that situation, it fit, it looked, it, I know Adam, so I, all I can say is that I know that the rehabilitation has happened. Yeah, yeah. To me, with Louis, it's like, if give me sport at least, right, we've, we've spoken to Louis, Louis Danger and we have uh, decided to do some in-house counselling of some kind. Like something where you're like at least going, we're acknowledging it, we're going to try and work through it. But <laughs> at least just... give it the Triple H Velveteen Dream treatment. We're looking at it, you know. <laughs> we're looking at it. Um, you know, you... Are you? Uh, there's a lot of evidence out there. Well, we're looking at it. Like, at you least... know, But ultimately, he, you know, he was gone. So, you know, he was, he was, Velveteen Dream was gone as he should have been for, for, for... Oh, they dragged their heels about it though, didn't they? they it's, I think they... I mean, again, we're getting off topic, but I think that only happened because they realised that the fans just weren't going to forget. And they were like, well... Okay. But, again, but then again, it's like, so with, with him, it was like, you know, I think in their... It's definitely... I mean, I don't want to defend that one. I'm not going to I'm, I'm going to go into defend that one. He should have been fired sooner than he was, but he was. Yep. Um, but yeah, the thing with Louis is, is that, you know, I don't know how... So, like, Louis seemed to me to want the fame. You know him better than I did. I didn't really know him. I wonder how it's going to go if he's basically public enemy number one. You know, and people are not going to forget it. In the, this is not going to be something where you just go, well, we'll just have Louis quietly do articles for three months and then that'll be fine. Like, and you know, you, you, you think, is this going to affect, you know, it's definitely going to affect how the wrestling space views him. Well, he's he's not welcome in that space anymore, is he? The second he tweets again, you know, unless, as you say, he takes the. I mean, I don't want to coin it this, but the Blompier route, like unless he unless he does something like that, which I don't anticipate. And um, I, will just, I will just say when because I, I knew Adam Blompier, or I, I know him. I knew him when this all happened, right? And privately, he a hundred percent wanted to go public, and he didn't have to. He wanted to go public and own up and say, I fucked up. That's what he wanted to do. Yeah, well, I don't think you can I don't think you can really avoid those situations because they just hang over you forever and then it's the first thing that people want to ask and you, you just have to kind of address them head on, I think I've learned yeah. anyway. But um, yeah, I, I mean, the, that's, that's the thing with Louis. I, when, he, when he was first breaking in, I, I see a lot of people have given Sean Rossap a lot of crap about it on, on Twitter. And I haven't addressed the whole thing on Twitter just for those purposes, really. It's not really a sincere conversation to have on there, is it? Like, you know, people, you should say something. It's like, well, for what? Like, it's not, I still don't really consider it a real place. I'd rather discuss it properly. Um, but, you know, when he was first coming around, I remember, so he he was given to me by WrestleTalk, right, on the show. He wasn't one of the hosts that I wanted, but he was part of the package that, ollie davis came up with um but at the same time i was kind of like sure i mean he's young and he, he's with wrestle talk um i guess it makes sense from their perspective and why wouldn't what well why wouldn't i want to try and help someone sort of get to the next level but then i quickly realized that that wasn't actually what was happening right um and eventually you know slowly he had two slots i made one slot a guest slot and then eventually he left. So it was kind of like problem solving itself. But but that the the thing with that is that he's rubbed up with people. And I think for the same notion that I gave him a chance in the first place, right? It was like, well, he's young. 
Uh, he, you know, he's trying to make his way, blah, blah, blah. I know that's what Sean was thinking uh, in the early going. And I remember my missus was saying after a couple of shows, she was like, oh, you, you bully him a little bit. I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't. You just got to like, you just, you can't let him. <laughs> I can't let him say, like just kind of frivolously say some of the things that he says, right? Because as a journalist, that that what, what we've said about how he conducts himself on Twitter, that's kind of his whole game. And it's just like baiting people sometimes and just stirring the pot and and I was like, you just don't understand. <laughs> you don't understand. He, he, he never wanted to be, from what I saw, he never wanted to be uh, a journalist, really. He wanted to be a, a star. <laughs> like that, that kind of is what, how it came across because, you know, it didn't seem to be about the work that he was doing. It seemed to be more about, um, you know, yeah. his shine. But anyway, especially- anyway, I don't want to, yeah, we've, yeah, it, we've given him too much. Also, but- with all the, the, the brave. People yes. have, um, I know, I know they've chosen not to publicly come forward, which is absolutely understandable. But brave people to tell people so that this oh. can be relayed and dealt with. I totally get that on Twitter. I million percent understand their logic there. Um, so yeah, again, Teco Kenny's thoughts, thoughts with them. Thank you to Kate and others that have, I know Cassie Haynes and a few others um, that have helped shine a spotlight on this. Um, and yeah, let's hope that. It all works itself out moving forward, and we support those along that journey. Um, moving along, Kenneth, backlash, mm-hmm. backlash. What a show! What a show! Yeah, um, I've got to say, you know, these kind of and I, it's a shit term, isn't it? B level pay per views, but they, historically speaking, like under Vince McMahon in the last decade, they're pretty missable, right? Like, you know, uh, don't get me wrong, the kind of good action during the Thunderdome era and whatnot. And yeah, but um, this, and I don't want to be hyperbolic, but might be in the same sort of bracket as like a one night stand 2005 for me. Like, the sort of show in years from now, I'll go back and go, that's a fun one to watch, and I'll whack it on. Like, I can't think of many other backlashes where I can instantly name the year and go, that's one I want to crack on. Yeah. I won't won't forget this one because the Bad Bunny Priest match and the Carlito return was absolutely fucking excellent. It really was. It really was. Like, and I was watching it laughing thinking of, you know, in a certain day, you would have got people on Twitter going, oh, it's so overbooked. (laughs) (laughs) Like, but I overbook it more. Give me more. Um, and I, I, I thought um, the opener with Bianca and Eos uh, Sky was excellent as well. Um, it, it, it was a show that just never let up. I, I thought it was wildly entertaining, Kenny. Yeah, it was. It was a. It was a great show. It, the crowd were classic. I mean, I was talking to Finn yesterday, and he was sort of saying, "Well, because I'd said I think they're, they're definitely the crowd of the year." Yeah, and he, and he mentioned Montreal, and I said, "I think the reason that this crowd edge over Montreal for me is that the Montreal crowd." Were super hot for Sami Zayn. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this crowd were hot for. I mean, the Bianca Belair EO Sky match they were wild for. They were, you know, big. The, the, Zelina the, Vega. The that, Zelina that, Vega match. Yeah, I mean, she's going to remember that for the rest of her life because, you know, outside of Puerto Rico, does anybody buy that Zelina Vega had a chance to beat Rhea Ripley or should no? But in that moment, they, they I don't think they got you to a point where you believed she was going to win the title. But they but got you me invested. You were invested in the match, right? Yeah, they got they got me to a point where I was like, she deserves this matching moment, you know? And like, yeah. So I think, you know, for her alone, this return is now worth it because she had this. And 
you know, what a moment for her. So yeah, the whole and even the the the, the main event. I know that there was some criticism to the finish of the Cody Brock match and how after the match Cody sort of like ran away in yeah. quotes. But I was like, but if you think about it, that actually makes Cody Rhodes smart because he has the arm injury. He's just beat Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar has a history of not being the most level-headed man in the world. <laughs> so yeah. you've got you've got the W. Fuck off. There's no there's no reason to stick around for Brock to then take his anger out on you. So I thought the psychology that I actually liked. Um and I thought, I mean, Cody and Brock, that was obviously just part one of their feud. So Yeah. Well we know that now, don't we? Yeah. But I mean also it's like I saw some people go, you should have stayed in AEW. What? What's he won the Royal Rumble. He main evented WrestleMania with Roman Reigns, and he just beat Brock Lesnar in the main event of a pay per view. You fucking nuts! These are these the same accounts that said the Raw after Mania was the worst one ever. Probably, probably, probably. <laughs> but like, you know, it is possible. I just want to put this out there: it is possible to enjoy WWE and AEW. And this is a wild concept, people. But like, I, I do it every week. And it's possible to also criticize different. It's, it's possible to think that. Cody Rhodes is better in WWE. It's uh, not. It's it's okay to think that MJF is better in AEW than he would be if he went on a full time schedule and was maybe you know overexposed. Like, but yeah. So I I think that the the Cody thing. I still wish that he was not having to. But I, I actually thought on, on Raw the way they kind of had him in that world title tournament had Brock take him out. That was what I called. That was what I said. That's what you do. Yeah, you Brock cost him it. Then you have the fight. So, yeah, I think all round, I think the only thing, if I was being, and I mean, Savio Vega, who knew I'd pop for Savio Vega? <laughs> I thought um, I, mean, I did. All is forgiven uh, for No Way Out in 1998. But um, <laughs> the only couple of things I would have changed on the show is I would have had Bad Bunny Damien Priest on last. Um, yeah, in, in retrospect, I, I that was the apex of the show, wasn't it? Yeah. And then I do, the other thing, and I think, I think a lot of people are thinking this, I think the bloodline story has really stalled. Listen, listen, Kenny. Right. <laughs> uh, before I let you expand upon that, do you remember a tweet where I said it had to be Sammy at WrestleMania, right? It had to be Sammy who wins the belt. That is the hottest storyline. That is the apex of the best storyline, mm-hmm. right? That was, and I was crucified saying, oh, you know, they're going to win the tag belts and it's Cody's story, blah, blah, blah. And I think everyone crucified me on the assumption that Cody was going to win. Right? Yes, they did, they did. That was the reason right. you were crucified. Right, which is fair, right? Because when I was there at WrestleMania and I saw night one and the tag match killed and I thought, you know what? And I was so there for the Cody match. I thought, you know, okay, fine. I was wrong. And I probably would have been wrong if Cody had won. But the fact that he hasn't, what we're getting now, they are just dragging their heels they they're saying about you know there's something long you know longer term blah 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 but it feels right now that we're going through a real lull in that storyline, doesn't it? That like where's the momentum? The Usos did get drafted with Roman and Solo, but Roman's not really there anyway for this story to progress since WrestleMania. And this is what they're going to keep doing, just biding time until Roman's around for the big spots or the big matches at the big cards. Um, and then if you also look at the... They should have so, blown it all up. They should have blown you, it all up. Because if you look at Sammy and KO are on Raw now, so they need to... Something needs to happen with them to take them on to their next thing. And then on SmackDown, you've got the... So, was, so the, obviously the story at Backlash was Solo Sokoa 
potentially turn on the Usos. Yeah. But like, I think the issue is is that before, where they were really clever was when Roman wasn't there, they had Sammy and the Usos to carry everything when he yeah. wasn't around. And now it's like Paul Heyman saying that, you know, Roman Reigns is so upset about the Usos thing, but he's never there to tell us. <laughs> that upset. And then also, if you look at the draft, I mean, on SmackDown, there are literally three choices. No, well, four, is Rey Mysterio on SmackDown or Raw? He's on SmackDown, I think. He's on SmackDown. There's four choices for a potential uh, Roman Reigns, for Roman Reigns title defences for the next six months. And those are Edge, Bobby Lashley, Rey Mysterio, and AJ Styles. That's the four. But of those four, no, maybe Lashley and uh, Ray, you could get stories out. But like, I don't really think any of them feel like huge, huge matches. And I know, that obviously, to go from the trifecta of the Drew, the Sammy, the Cody, which all just felt huge. On yeah. the night, I think that the thing that, for me, is a bit kind of underwhelming is that I just don't feel excited about anything involving Roman in the bloodline right now. And I'm hopeful that when they come, you know, when Roman's back on Friday, that something will happen and we'll, we'll feel excited again. But I, I, th- I saw you tweet as well, kind of saying, we're going to have lots of stalling. And I think if we're going to have stalling, we need to find smarter ways of making it not feel that Roman's just not around. Because when Roman, I still think about that promo Roman cut at the press conference after WrestleMania saying, we're just getting started with this story. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first chapter was great. <laughs> so you've got a lot, a lot to live up to. Well, that that was my thing. Like, if you're going to pass on those three red hot baby faces to to dethrone Roman, and I get that Drew was only really hot in UK, but okay, if you want to centralize it to just Sammy and Cody, both of those could have realistically won. What you've got planned better be really special, right? It better it better be like career defining stuff. Um, and and I look up and down the roster at the moment, and and it's not obvious to me. It's not obvious to me what they're looking to do. And if it is eventually going back to Cody, then I'm a bit like, you should have just done it. You know, it's, they should have just done it when they were going to do it. Um, so I'm not I'm not totally sure on how I feel. I just don't see Roman losing it unless it's WrestleMania. So that's like another year of trying to figure out what to do and letting this story unfold. Let me ask you uh, one question, though. So the only thing that they could do that I guess would be and interesting right now, from like a deep storyline perspective, is if Solo turns on Roman. Yeah, well, I, I, I again, another thing I was crucified for, Kenny, was uh, at Mania. I tweeted that like, wow, I really, I really didn't see Cody winning. The only one that seems logical to me is that they are bracing Solo to be the guy. Like, yeah, they're, they're really obviously, obviously the way he's been booked is incredibly strong. And there, you know, this whole you're not ready, you know, he's obviously leading to a point where he is going to be ready and be a, one of the top players. But I presume that is where the bloodline kind of does disband. Or one one day Roman's going to tell him to turn on the Usos and he's going to be like, they are my actual brothers. Well, I, yeah, I don't know. But I, 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 I agree that I think Solo is being positioned to be a major player against Roman. But then it's like, who's who? It's I I was I'm hard, I'm having a hard time seeing Solo as a babyface to be honest. Um, is Roman the babyface as he loses the belt? That doesn't make sense. Uh, so I, I don't know. There's there's a lot to figure out, isn't there? But I do think that one of one of the longer 
parts of the story is solo, and it could be him who defines him. I'm sure Roman would love that. Keep it in the family. But then, with, and, but then the thing is, if you do solo, it's like solo's not a talker. Not so, at all. how you are you hiding with him? Maybe. But then, yeah, I mean, it, there, there's like a piece of the, you know, now that Sammy's not part of the picture and Cody's not going to be part of the picture for a while, there's like a piece missing from the jigsaw that needs to be added to make this feel special again. So, you know, Friday's going to be the first the first night where we see Roman. I, you know, he's he is wrestling at Night of Champions, apparently. So I guess we've got to find out who that's going to be against. Yeah, I guess it all depends on how the uh, tournament unfolds. You're probably yes. somebody that's already involved in that. Before we shoot here, we've only got a couple of minutes. Um, Seth Rollins is already heading to Saudi Arabia to fight for the new World Heavyweight title. Who do you think is standing opposite him? I think it's going to be Seth Rollins and Edge. Ooh. Since they've got history. Run it back. Yeah. I think Seth will win. That's my prediction. I think Seth will become the champion as well. Yeah, I think it's Seth's time. He put, he's put everybody over. He's he's been you know he's he's worked his arse off. He deserves. Everyone's it. ready for it to be him. You can feel it collectively. Everybody is ready for Seth to kind of get his moment on the top of the mountain once again. Um, yeah, like he's, he spent the whole of what was it 2022? I think only won once on pay per view. Spent that yeah. year putting people over. Cody, uh, Cody's at the space the space he's in because of Seth. So yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, and and the other thing with Cody is like it, I mean it's not going to be him because he's lost in the tournament, but. I don't see him winning that belt. Like it, it, when he wins, it seems like it has to be against Roman now, or it's less than. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, interesting how it all unfolds. We will keep you posted here on Break It Down Weekly. We promise. And uh, the interviews are back next week. Woo! The interviews are back. You won't just have me and Kenneth talking you your hind legs off. It will be interview season, and we're going to have some stuff coming up for um, Night of Champions. I keep wanting to say Classic Champions. Uh, right, after, cha- right, right after Night of Champions, we will be able to play my uh, interview with Dominic Mysterio for the yes. magazine. So I think people are going to dig that. Yeah, indeed. Uh, and then we're on the road to Money in the Bank after that. So plenty of stuff coming up for here on Break It Down. Keep your eyes peeled on Inside the Ropes YouTube channels where a lot of our content will be appearing. Uh, and until then, thank you for joining us here on Break It Down. <laughs>